Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back to the sports reporters who have indeed reassembled here on a Sunday morning. Just me and Andrew Hammond, our first just duo pod in the sports reporters who have indeed reassembled on this Sunday morning. No, Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast this week. Robert. He hates us. He, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Andrew, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm pretty good having my uh, Sunday morning tea in my uh, Saved by the Bell mug, which clearly means I have peaked in adulthood. What kind of tea is it? It is uh, an orange tea. Orange tea. So okay. yeah, I uh, I did some voiceover work and some uh, some narration on a project that um, will be discussed next week. Okay. Um, and so the last forty eight to like fifty six hours, I've just been drinking tea and uh, housed a bottle of wine last night watching Hawaii and uh, Vanderbilt. There you go. Um, well, we'll talk some weeks here in a second, but uh, don't forget, folks, you can uh, watch us on YouTube. Check out the uh, Andrew Hammond uh, jersey. Who is that? Steelers? This is a uh, Iowa Hawkeyes hoodie. Oh, wow. It's a hoodie. So Nike came out with this, God, maybe 2012, 2013. Mm. And so a connect at okay. Nike was like, hey, um, you know, because basically I, I can just look in East, not East Bay, but I can look at like basically just look online. Ooh. And I would call the connect. Mm-hmm. He would see if they had it. And if they did, he would be like, OK, you know, I'd have to send uh, some funds, mm-hmm. you know. There you so, go. yeah, this is an Iowa Hawkeyes hoodie. Like, it's kind of like a jersey. Um, mm. It's super comfortable. Like, it's – I have the air on mm. at about 70. Mm. And because I'm, I'm, you know, just kind of letting the plants grow and stuff and, you know, getting getting some fresh air. And I was like, man, because it woke up really, really cold. And I was like, I'm going to throw this hoodie on and – it, there you go. Uh, it, it's doing the job, kids. Well, you can see that and maybe think, oh, I need a, an Iowa hoodie myself, a Saved by the Bell mug, a CBS Sports banner, uh, Black Lives Matter banner, all kinds of good options for you guys that you can uh, go get. Yeah, I, I figured, you know, if you can't um, if you can't take anything from oh, the uh, Mighty Ducks poster. Oh, that's clutch. Yeah. yeah. Hidden in the back. Yeah. So there you go. No, people forget. The uh, the inspiration behind the Amazon Thursday Night Football new theme. I'm glad I'm not alone because when I played it, have you heard it? Oh, it's a banger. But it's D2. That's what it is. Like, it's the D2 yeah, Mighty Ducks. Nah, Do you know what I'm talking about? Banger. Yeah, but it's a banger. It's good. I was listening to it last night. So I was listening to it last night. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about how good the Amazon... NFL broadcast is yeah like, I'm not it's, surprised it's gonna be great I'm excited I, for it they made it stand out to where you aren't 
thinking it's not like the typical Thursday night. Mm. Oh, hey, this is an NFL Network production, but we're just going to throw CBS or Fox or NBC attached to it. Mm. It feels organic. Um, I enjoyed it. I know people got, you know, people were upset about the mics and the sound. I'm like, you know how many preseason games that happens with? Mm. But, you know, it's the Internet in 2022. People are going to complain. I mean, it's just a really good broadcast group. Um, I think you got what? Tony Gonzalez, Carissa Thompson on pre and halftime with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman, right? And Richard Sherman, this is, I believe this is his first time. I know he's done like guest spots for, you mm. know, pregame shows and stuff, but this is his first time being a part of as basically essentially a regular. Mm. Uh, they, that group works. So I don't know how many, you know, how much boot camp they went through together in, you know, broadcast boot camp, mm. but they sound so good together and the chemistry is there mm. uh, nobody's overwhelming the set you know like like you have on some shows mm. so i i enjoyed it i enjoyed the broadcast uh al michaels God, just i mean the fact that al michaels pulls you in for a pregame show or a preseason game and you're just like yeah i'll listen to the, like you with because with most preseason games you're just like Okay, I'll watch maybe a quarter, check back in later on. I had that thing going for three quarters. Mm. Like, this is good. I think this is going to lead to like Kirk enjoying the NFL too much, where he's just like, I'm going to go ahead and leave full time and just do the NFL thing. No, I don't know about that, man. As it's getting bigger, like with the way college is moving, I don't know. I just feel like it's not sustainable to do both. I don't, to cover as much as he has to cover each and every week, I'm not sure it's sustainable. I th- I think ES- ESPN and I wonder because I don't know if it was a rumor or if it was uh, if it was approached, mm-hmm. but the idea of Fowler and Herb Street doing the Saturday night game and then doing Monday night football. Um, mm. But yeah, no, Herb Street schedule, I think I talked about it on here, where basically he's going from Wednesday night, he's going to be flying into the Thursday night site. Does the game on Thursday. That's wild. Then we'll probably take a red eye or fly out that night to, or early that morning, Friday morning, to go to the uh, college game day site. Mm. Finish game day then go home for like a day or two and then do the Bristol hits for the, especially once the, um, once the college football playoff rankings come out, Mm. that's when the fun begins because it's Tuesday, you're doing that. Then Wednesday you fly to the site Mm. Thursday, you do the game. So, like when October, November hits, that man's going to have like two days of just like, ah, I can stay home. He's basically a WWE wrestler right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just don't think that's sustainable long term. And I think he'll end up having to choose. And I think he's going to pick the NFL. 
I that's my that's my guess uh, here on the podcast. I'll I'll guess, but I just think the Amazon production, the team, know, it's going to be great. Like it is going to be uh, a fantastic. It's I think it's going to make the jump to number two behind NBC. I think we're going to see Amazon get the number two games. Uh, Monday Night Football, they're throwing their best shot with Aikman Ooh. and Monday Joe, Night but Football. I don't know. Monday Night Football, ESPN realized, oh, we have arguably the most successful sports night brand or whatever, whatever you want to call it in professional sports. We should act like it, (laughs) you know, in terms of what they're doing with, in terms of the game quality and the broadcast crew. Yeah. Plus, I just feel like the ship sailed. Sunday football just has it on lock. I just don't know what you're going to have to do to wrestle it away well, from them. Here's here's. I don't think wrestling get away at this point. Yeah, is uh, I I think that you're basically, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I mean, mm. you're. I mean, like it, it, there, it's it's apples and oranges. Whatever, insert whatever metaphor. The thing with ESPN. Once they get a Super Bowl, once ESPN slash ABC gets a Super Bowl, yeah, that's when you'll see that happen. I think for Amazon, the thing that I'm excited the most is if you can, because I think Amazon's gonna. I think you're correct in the in the in terms of Amazon being a comp- a viable competitor and not just an extension of another league's network. If I'm Amazon, I would sit there and approach the big 12 and the pac 12. If, if you guys are going to move forward, here's a viable home for mostly everything that you want. Mm. You know, your, Olympic sports can be on ESPN plus, but if you want your, at least your third and fourth games, your third and fourth best games on, here's a home and it's actually mm. a viable home. So yeah, I mean, I, I cause I was, I was thinking about watching that first quarter of, of uh, San Francisco and Houston. I was mm. like, this could work. This could absolutely work because at this point, if you are going to approach a conference, you've got to have something different. Like Mm. I, as much as I love the, you know, what ESPN plus has done for the big 12, does it stand out? No. Yeah. And you're lost in the shuffle. You're basically, and I made the joke, but it's, it's 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 accurate. You're Jan Brady. Mm. You're in the house, but I've got the SEC in one hand. Mm-hmm. I've got the ACC in another. And you know, God forbid, I still have my Pac-12 or my uh, Big Ten relationship for another year. Mm. I, I don't have room for the third or fourth best Big Twelve game in a given week. I'll basically put you in the, you know, in the in the old Big East noon slot. Congratulations. 
There you go. Um, well, don't forget, folks, you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chasing Podcast. Like and subscribe. Uh, new uh, episodes and new video content on the YouTube page every single day. So check us out there. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or get your podcast. Sports words we indeed reassemble every weekend here at this time. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you do, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. Andrew Hammond would especially appreciate that. And, you and if you what? don't, I will hunt you down. There you go. See, Andrew Hammond has spoken. I will hunt um, you down and I will beat you down with an almanac. Actually, that's maybe a bit too threatening. I'm sorry. I won't do that. Um, yeah. I'll probably just like read from an almanac. I'll just yeah. flip a page open and just read 1987 mm-hmm. a year. And then yeah, go from there. I would hate that. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. I was born in 91, so I don't know. I, I, there's a lot for me to learn about uh, 87. <laughs> Andrew Hammond, uh, first thing, though, week zero uh, is in the books here in the college football season. Um, I will say for the folks who are like, oh, football's back this weekend. It's like, well, it was kind of back. It was it was kind of back. It, it was back for about three hours. Like Illinois and what they did against Wyoming. I was expected Wyoming just doesn't beat Power 5 teams. I went 3-0 and on the weekend. Uh, I think I took Vanderbilt to win and cover. Uh, I think I took Illinois to win and cover. And then Northwestern to win outright. Um, because, <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> why are people still betting on Scott Frost? Like I, I was doing this in the College Football Show here on the program uh, a few days ago. Where if you just go through college football programs now, if you don't have it figured out by year three at the latest, year two is usually when you make the jump most coaches don't flip it like year five is not when the light bulb goes off and it's like well we haven't gone to a bowl game in uh five years now so maybe it's the year six that uh things can start to go in the right direction and you go back through nebraska's history and it's like Bo Pelini, year two you go mike riley year two you go up and down the list and you're like i just don't think this is going to happen like i we keep doing this and they're worse this year than i think they were last year i thought i was taking crazy pills the people who are like nine wins for nebraska I'm like, you're I what what more do you have to see from the Scott Frost era where you're like, it's just not gonna happen. The one score loss. The man kicked an onside kick up two scores midway through the third quarter. The Northwestern Wildcats recover it, obviously, and uh the rest is history, Andrew. I I mean, just <sighs> poor Nebraska fans, man. No, no, I have no sympathy for them. Oh, I'm a born and raised Kansan who had to deal with the stupid option. And everybody's like, oh, my God, the option's so great. No, just put just stuff eight in the box, and there you go. Anyway, um, as you can tell, I'm very, very excited to talk about the downfall of Nebraska. Oof. Here's the problem with everything. Yes, we are in an age in college football where no longer you can go four or five years. They'll give you a four or five year contract, mm. but that's just a, hey, can you make it to four or five years? Mm. The problem with a place like Nebraska is you need to have a come to Jesus meeting. And I tweeted this out on um, on Saturday, this is a program that has needed a long overdue come to Jesus meeting because you're already talking about getting rid of Scott Frost. 
Mm. You hired Bill Callahan after Frank Solich because you thought we need to shift the way we do things around here. You hire a pro style coach. Doesn't work out. You hire a pro style coach that had never or rarely or hadn't been in the college game in a while. And this is when the shift was happening from about like maybe 2006 to 2007 to the present where it became, it truly became a year round thing. Bill Callahan is done in what? Oh, seven, Oh eight, something like that. Bo Pelini takes over. Bo Pelini gives that program success, some cachet, you know, that you aren't back to winning. You're, you're in the conference championship games, but you aren't, winning you aren't winning them and you aren't going to New Year's Six Bowls or the prestige bowls that you've always been accustomed to. Then it's like, oh, maybe he's just too mean. We need to hire a nice guy. Let's mm. hire Mike Riley. Okay. Mike Riley is a solid coach. Here's the problem with Mike Riley. Oh no you're basically getting a nicer version of Bo Pelini with arguably the, you know, uh, in terms of results, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're taking a step back in results on the field for a nice guy. Now you, you go to the route of let's go get the prodigal son. Let's go get Scott Frost. Scott Mm -hmm. Frost has done pretty Damn well for himself. Assistant, you know, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach at Oregon. Tons of success there. Then goes to Central Florida, undefeated season. Does everything, checks off all the boxes for you. Now he goes to Nebraska in a in a spot in the Big Ten where the Big Ten is very difficult. One, because you're in the same recruiting footprint as all these other schools. In terms of national recruiting, everybody has caught up to you over the last 20, 25 years. You no longer have the ability to walk in. The the, the same special gift that you had to walk into the door in California and New Jersey, there's – 30 or 40 other schools that can do the same thing. So there's nothing special about you anymore. What Nebraska needs to do, and whether you have Scott Frost a part of this plan or not, Mm -hmm. you need to come up with a five-year plan or at least four to five years. If you think you can do it in three, God bless you. You've got to figure out how are we going to compete not only in our conference, but in the nation, because everything that you've done, you're getting rid of coach left and right and all this. What's the common denominator? Administration and coaching and coaching staff, not in alignment. Mm. And if you see every program in the country that has some type of success, you will see some type of alignment. You may not like how that alignment works, 
but the alignment is there. And the so problem, it sounds like you want Trev Albers, the new AD, a, a great linebacker in Lincoln in the 90s, to go out and get another great linebacker in the 90s, Pat Fitzgerald, next Nebraska head coach, who says no. Pat that is alignment, sir. No. Pat, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald would say no. Yeah. Because because here's the problem with that job. It's been such a Nebraska fans are still living in the past. So when people say, oh, they need to bring in, you know, Ken Niamatololo or or Jamie Chadwell run the triple. No, no. Jamie Chadwell would be fun. Jamie Chadwell would be fun in Nebraska. But the problem is you have a culture Mm. problem there and it's been there so okay because i was thinking about this yesterday the moment in 2007 when kansas state or when ku played nebraska ku had that cinderella season they beat the out of nebraska Mm. and they ran them off the field they made nebraska look like an FCS school, an FCS school that is just trying to survive. Mm. At that point, that should have been the moment where everybody who is associated with Nebraska football, the important people, I'm not talking about the people that are living in Omaha calling in and, and talking about as a season ticket holder, I just don't think I can do this anymore with the Huskers. No, we don't want to hear from you. We hear from you enough. That's probably Mm. why we're here. Uh, Every important person that's a part of Nebraska football should have come together because you are Nebraska and you're getting your ass kicked by Kansas in the most Embarrassing way possible. Like, you should realize who the F you are. Every program has done this. Every Mm. program has had to have these moments. Notre Dame had these moments. LSU had these moments. Tennessee had these moments. Nebraska thinks that they they are immune to the come to Jesus meeting. Folks, you aren't. You need to figure out what you want to do, what you want to be, and take the steps towards it. Because if you're just going to be bringing in coach after coach, everybody's going to see the entire operation as toxic. I just, I am so curious where they go, because this is it for Scott Frost. I think, uh, there's no way they bounce back from this. They're not going bowling. They're not going six and six because they're. You look at the schedule. Oh no, the schedule sucks. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> see the path for them to get out of this. Um, Casey Thompson, some real tough turnovers, and your alma mater. I pick Kansas State to go to the Big Twelve title game this year. Like I'm I all think, in on the climbing era with. I uh, think well, Adrian's revenge tour, man. Also, if I'm Nebraska, mm. I'm absolutely making the call to Manhattan. I, I think he's good there, though. He seems like there's an alignment there. I think he's like there is, yeah. there is. Little Apple. If if I'm Nebraska, I'm making the call. Yeah, Craig it's Ball is someone I call probably at Wyoming. Uh, successful there for a long. But I feel South like Dakota Craig, State's I, head coach. I feel like Craig. I feel like Craig Ball. Mm. 
it's kind of like w- with Seth, uh, with the coach at North Texas, mm-hmm. um, Seth Luttrell, mm-hmm. where Seth Luttrell was the hot name three or four years ago. Now all of a sudden, maybe the Frank- bloom is off the rose, and you're just kind of like, eh. What's the TSA's? Is it Jeff Trailer? Yeah, his name? Jeff Trailer. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about. Je- I, I feel I, I want Jeff Trailer to be at UTSA because mm-hmm. you know, in especially in the NFL and maybe college basketball a little bit, but mostly the NFL, you see a coach and you're mm-hmm. just like, you don't want him to take that job because of the atmosphere that's there, mm. the atmosphere he would be walking into. Cause there's just some places that are just absolute school bus fires. Mm. And you don't want a guy like perfect example, Arizona state. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think about Todd Graham at Arizona state places a mess. Mm-hmm. He goes to Hawaii. He makes that a mess. You're just like, no, 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 no. But then, you know, Timmy Chang comes in and you understand with Timmy at Hawaii, this is going to take a while. But one, he's played there. He understands the culture. He is not just a guy who's running out the string if things go right, there may be an opportunity where he does end up going, you know, somewhere else, but it's not one of those where he's just going to run off just to run off. Hmm. We'll see what happens still a lot of season to come, but man, just not the way you want to start things off. No, but it's Nebraska. So I enjoy it, but uh, shout out to you for the uh, case. They pick, I, I'm not ready to pull that pick off. I've if got, you're going to do it, this is the year. Oklahoma's down. Texas, a bunch of is injuries. Oklahoma new down though. I I think people are just penciling in. I mean, I think they're probably like eight and four, nine and three. I don't think they're going to be the eleven and one, twelve it's, and zero juggernaut it's, right it's away. It's going to take. It's going to take eight or nine wins. I I would say at minimum seven. Mm to get into the conversation of the Big 12 championship game. Because I, I mean, remember any- last year, Baylor was what? The second or third fewest uh, odds of winning the Big 12 yeah. going into next year? Like, like It's going to be a seven, six or seven team race at most. Because... Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma Kansas State, State Oklahoma, State, Baylor, uh, Texas. So that's four. TCU. I don't know. I'm not there. Once again, I, I'm not. You can that. put Chandler Morris is not going ten and two or anything. I'm not no, 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 but the, but but this goes to my point. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a ten win team in the Big Twelve this year. Ooh. The the conference is such a the conference is such a bear that you could jumble one through seven in any order, and yeah, you're going to go. Okay, I can see that. That makes sense. You know, I think Baylor is right there for 10 and 2. I think they could do that. Um, I think Baylor can win 10. I think Oklahoma can obviously win 10. I think, I'll say I, yeah, I think it's, Texas can possible. win 10, but Texas can also win 5. 10, um, 10 is possible. Mm. I, I just don't see. The conference is too even mm. 
across the board that if somebody does win 10, you're probably you're probably closer to 11 if that makes sense. Mm. If you can if, if somebody wins 10 in this league, then I would assume that they're probably closer to 11, which you walk into the Big 12 title game 11 and 1. You might be playing for a spot in a playoff. Um Andrew Hammond. Yes. I don't like injuries in sports. I don't, don't like injuries either. They suck. But Chet Hel- Holmgren out for the year. Uh, yeah. A lot of people talk about the pro-am and how he got injured with LeBron fast break and everything. Foot issue, um, he ligament issue, having surgery, gone for the year. The uh, Liz Frank. Yes. Uh, the dreaded Liz Frank injury, which I've I've come to learn that that is like the worst thing that you can give for like a foot. Seven footers. I just yeah. where I'm at, and this was something when Bob and uh, you and myself were discussing like the draft in the top three, where I was like, I felt pretty comfortable. Like Chet was my lowest of the three, and I would not have touched him with a ten foot pole at number one if I was Orlando. And it's just, I think we have to look at <sighs> bigs in this league. Like for every Joel Embiid, I just Joel Embiid's like the Derrick Henry <laughs> for bigs now in the NF or in the NBA for me. Yeah, where you're like. Hey, yeah, you can. For there, there, sometimes there are some running backs who you can just revolve the offense around and just be like, "All right, we're going to run through you, and this is how it's going to go." But by and large, you shouldn't invest in bigs to build around like that. You can find a big like most bigs are going to be like the Clint Capella types, and uh, that's just kind of where we're at. And you should like the injuries are just part of this. Chris Stapps, you go up and down the list of just bigs himself, are, yeah. Like you, you think about the first three years of Joel Embiid's career, yeah. and you're—it's a miracle that he is where he's at now. I mean, look at the NBA Finals this past year, right? Like you look at uh, Al Horford playing a lot of important five. Like they were going small a lot. Like Robert Williams was injured in and out, and people were like, "Oh, what's going to happen without Robert Williams uh, in the playoffs?" Like that was a big concern. They go to the finals; it was fine. Uh, they made it work. The Warriors, Kevon Looney, obviously a great player, but he's getting a lot around the five. Like you go through it, James Wiseman has basically not played at all for them. Another big who you invested in the lottery early on, who has just dealt with injury after injury. Jaron Jackson Jr., another all world talent, another injury that he is now not going to play until early January, and just another point in his career where it's just he cannot play games. You look at it, I think I, I looked. He hasn't played anywhere close to 82 through his four years. And I was going through it. It's like, it's an unbelievable number total for his four years in the league. Um, so that's probably over. Um, at some point, you're just like, all right, the injuries are just adding up and he's just not going to be the same player. And the Thunder, the thing about them, though, that's interesting is that like, I like Chet Holmgren, but I would like him more if you're like not trying to build the boat around him. You're just like, he is another supplemental piece. And if he's healthy, and what he can do, great. Then he'll be a really good player. But we have to operate on the assumption that he's a big, and it seems like that is just such a risky proposition because of how fast this league is and what they're asked to do at this point. Um, it's just asking a lot for seven-footers to do what they're trying to do every day. And now they're going to be back in the lottery. They were going to be back in the lottery anyway. But now they're going to be a really bad... Camp- you, you, you've set up the camper. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you look at this and I'm like, I think this is the best thing for them because they were there was a lot of talk this offseason where it was like once they got Chet, they're like, all right, they got their core. Shea, Giddy, and uh and Chet. And I'm like, that's not a core. That's, that's not a-, a core. We we take core and this is my problem. I'm glad we're on the Twitter. same page here because that was something that I never understood. I'm like, no, they're still this, not at a core. <laughs> this, this is the problem that I have with NBA Twitter and the new school analysis of roster building in mm-hmm. the NBA. We make too much out of average players. Mm-hmm. And look, I think what Oklahoma City did last season I would make the case that they overachieved Mm. because you look at that roster on paper and you're just kind of like, eh, a lot of, eh." and won 24 games. Yeah. But at the same time, you're just like, there's good pieces there. Like there's, there's talent there. There's guys who can make sure that, you know, you aren't, completely being pile driven into the hardwood every single night. Mm. There's some solid guys, but in terms of a core, how many times, how many times did we hear about the bevy of draft picks that Oklahoma city has acquired, you know, for, for the next four or five years, like it, that, that can't be your core. If you've got, this you know rider truck full of draft picks that is ready to be unloaded mm. you can't call that a core because the moment one of these guys starts to struggle and we see and they hit the downside of their career which happens more often than not i'm assuming uh you can't you can't sit there and especially if oklahoma city's going to get not I hate saying it like this, but if they get swindled, lack of a better term, in trying to keep a group of guys together that really won't, really shouldn't be there together mm-hmm. because you know you can get somebody better. Yeah, that's not no, no. I just they're gonna. I mean, we are we obviously know about Bob's favorite, uh, the French Victor uh, coming over in the draft, so maybe that's the possibility. But I just. I look at it and you <laughs> they're going to be horrific this year. I feel bad for SGA, who I'm a big fan of and I was encouraging the Hawks to trade for for the last year and a half, but they trade for DeJounte, which is fine. So I'm excited either way, but it, they that's fine. But they're going to be playing Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, Shea, Trey Mann, Ty Jerome. I mean, Lou they're, Dort's they're, not bad. Their big rotation is Darius Baisley, Poku, Kenrich Williams, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably starting at the five. Muscala is backing them up there. Maybe Favors gets a little bit. It's a horrific big rotation. Like they are, this is going to be a bad basketball team once again. And I, um, I don't know. I think it kind of might be a blessing if they can get one more, a, a true superstar upside guy. Cause I feel like they don't have that still on this roster. They have a bunch of good collective guys that you want on a contender. Um, but they just don't have that one. And I don't think Chet was that either. You have a you have a lot of guys who are who are emerging role players. Yeah, which okay, that's you know you could sneak up on somebody in a February and you know reel off maybe two or three straight games. Mm. Great, 
What about the other 79? <laughs> Look, I, I, I think Oklahoma City, to me, it feels like Oklahoma City faces a, a speed bump. Mm. But I would say an unexpected speed bump. You know, you're driving and all of a sudden it's like, oh, damn. That, okay. And I, they'll be fine. Uh, you know, I do have a problem with the – I think you're going to see more programs in controlled environments because that – you know, look, look, we all love the dingy court. You know, we we love that gritty vibe to it. But, man – Dang. I don't know, man. He's he's getting hurt no matter what with the foot stuff. Like he that that kind of play can happen. In yeah. Oh, absolutely, game. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, but I do think that you you are going to see more cautious, you know, things, especially with young guys. I don't mm-hmm. think that you, you aren't going to get rid of the program. I, I sent out a tweet saying, "Oh well, <laughs> as a, owners and GMs are going to you know get rid of the program." I don't think they're going to do that. I think mm. you're going to see more restricted stuff because a lot of these guys, you know, you see the announcement, oh, they're playing in the program. And I'm sure some of these people in the organization are like, what, what? They're doing what? So I think you're going to see more of at least try at least attempts to get more control. But ballers are going to ball, as you know. Absolutely. Um, ballers are going to ball in Neelan uh, with me in the building on Thursday night against Ball State. Oh, they're Thursday. playing Thursday? Yeah, we own they, Thursday. They, Tennessee they, Thursday I'm, I'm kind of I'm tired of the whole Tennessee opening on a Thursday. No, I, it's I get great. It. It's great for recruiting. It. It's great for eyeballs. Like, no one else is playing, so everybody's watching Tennessee open up and steamroll whoever. It's good. And it gives me more opportunities on Saturday to not vote. Like, I don't have to burn three hours on Saturday for a Tennessee nobody game, and I can watch what I want to watch right away. And you don't have to stress out on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I'm not stressing out over Ball State anyway. Um, no offense to the Ball State Cardinals, but just not. Uh... Jason Whitlock University. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm not looking forward to uh, week one, by the way, of the college football season. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, it's going to be fun. Why aren't no, you looking forward to it? No, it's not. Why? Notre Dame's got to play Ohio State. Yeah, you're going to get boat race. It's not. I'm gonna... not. Ex- Light went off. Let me hold on. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to school, it's the first day of school. Mm. You, you walk into the to the to the building for the first day of school. And the first thing you hear, you don't say you don't hear hi. How was your summer? It's hey, you're gonna uh, you're gonna get your ass kicked by Ohio State. You ready for that? Mm. Imagine what that's been like since like January. Mm-hmm. So I've got to hear it on it, it basically just. But that helps though, because you're going in with like the hey, we I'm expecting the blowout, and I'm expecting I this. So if they don't, I am absolutely you feel good. expecting forty five seventeen. Oof. I mean, it's just we have no idea what to expect from Tyler Buckner. Like, if Buckner's well, good, change his stuff. Buckner, he's a good change of pace quarterback. The problem that Notre Dame faces is that this is going to be if they lose, or you know, if, if they get if they get if Ohio State shows up like the best team in the country, not named Alabama or Georgia, then yeah, it's like. 
guys, this was supposed to happen. But it, it, it's going to be this indictment of how it's a, a lazy indictment, by the way, mm-hmm. of how. Oh, Notre Dame isn't isn't ready for prime time again. It's like, look who they played. Um, so I mean, it's just I'm not ready for the lazy analysis of people who, you know, of casual football fans. I'm just like, oh, thank you for uh, showing up to the party. We've known this for a few months now. Thank you, appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'm just like, eh. All right, let's get this over with. Uh, but no, I mean. If Ohio State starts out slow, which I don't think they will, um, I'm just like, just in the game. <laughs> just get it over with. What's your hottest college football take for this year? What's you your number one? Takes. You know I hate hot takes. Um, your number one that like you're on an island for your opinion on this. I don't know if I'm on an island for anything. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, because I, I feel like, uh, I mean, if anything, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, because mm-hmm. he's kind of sort of doing the the uh, the heavy lifting for me. Got a bug. Weird. Um, Michigan, Michigan loses four games. Mm. I don't think that, I, I, but I don't think that's a hot take, though, because it's spicy. Do you yeah. think they lose more games than Michigan State? No, because I think Michigan State. I think Michigan State is going to go eight and four, seven and five. Okay. Because, but have it, you seen Michigan's schedule? Yeah. Have you seen Jim Harbaugh? They're going to walk into ten wins. I just the schedule is really nice for them. It, no. I'm not. I'm not buying it. This is interesting. I Michigan. I don't think is going to be Ohio State back back years. But I look at the schedule. I'm going to pull it up real quick. But like. You get Colorado State at home. This Hawaii team's awful. They get them back-to-back Connecticut, so a great non-conference, right? They're not playing real football. Yeah, non-con so, sucks. Yeah, so they're 3-0. Maryland at home, they'll be favored. Ooh, I don't know. I think Maryland, if, if I have a hot take, oh, Maryland finishes third in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the Big Ten East. Hold on. So then how do you have the Big Ten East unfolding? Ohio State, uh-huh. Penn State. Oh, wow. Because it be, People like, and once again, I don't think this is a hot take. Mm. Penn State was number two in the country when Sean Clifford goes down. I'm not. I'm a Penn State believer. I'm yeah, okay with that. I think I think Penn State's gonna be good. Um, yeah, and then let's see. Yeah, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, <sighs> then what? Indiana, Rutgers. Yeah, that's a rough season for Michigan State. Is it? Is it a rough season? I mean, yes, going from the Peach Bowl to, you know, a 7-8 win bowl. Mm. But once again, is it really a hot take? Given the fact that Kenneth Walker isn't there, we don't know. First hard, though, in the building. Got the portal guys. We don't have a two-headed monster there. Still got their quarterback. The offense is great. Mm. The offense. The defense was low-key. Like, no one talked about it, but. The defense, the defense last year was, was the horrific. worst in the country. They had the worst yeah. pass defense in the country. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm a Purdue fan, I am so thankful 
Michigan State's defense was so bad last season. Do you know how many times we saw these guys on highlights in during the draft? If it was a Purdue guy, you saw the Michigan State game. Mm-hmm. So, and you never, and this has always been my philosophy, you never want to be plastered on somebody's draft tape. Like, it's going to happen, but you just do your best to not be the reason why a guy who was going to be a borderline senior bowl invite is now a fourth round draft pick. You don't want to be that guy. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Andrew, what can the good folks check out from you this week at the Detroit Free Press and going forward? They can check out. It is officially football season. Mm -hmm. Not sure if you've uh, heard that or not. Have you heard about uh, this? Have you seen this? Yeah. What? Oh, 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 Lord. What, What you got? Oh, that's the dog. She's just uh, she's woken up from her nap, and I'm trying to nice. like keep Khaleesi the dog uh, happy because it's almost time for her W. And if I say the word, she's gonna hop up on this. Very she's like, call. What, what? What's yeah. going on? I won't say. I won't say the word. Um, yeah, please. Don't. I don't think she can hear me. Um, I don't know. And, dog hearing? She, huh? Dog hearing? Who knows? I don't know what she can hear. If she can. No, hear. hey, her and I got ESP. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say the one thing that I want people to. Uh, I, I have nothing going on this week, but mm-hmm. uh, watch House of Dragon. I don't know if you have watched the show. I have not yet. We're we're saving it for all this stuff. Like I just can't do the one at a time with this. I'm gonna we're gonna wait for it to finish up and then we'll we'll okay. hit it. I'll say I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Game of Thrones first came out? Mm-hmm. Like maybe the first four to five seasons, you had that Sunday night feeling of just mm-hmm. man. The NFL schedule might be crap, but I got Thrones at 9 p.m. on HBO mm. or whatever time it came on. That feeling is back. Hmm. I'm excited. That's good. You know what I'm sad about is we finished uh, season two of uh, this is our picks of the week segment. Um, I would say only murders in the building. Is, so is that on Hulu, right? Yes. Okay. So delightful. It's I, maybe I my favorite show I've seen in a long that. time. I, I need to watch. I need to watch that show. It's so I've heard good. Some good. Things about it. It's so good, Andrew. Like it has no business being as good as it is, and it could easily fall into the the too silly category, but it doesn't. It knows who it is. I mean, Martin uh, Short is just unbelievable. But what what's what's the best? show that you can maybe like pair that off with in terms of like if you like x you'll like this show hmm. because i've been trying because it, it gives me community vibes but it's still a lot more serious than community so i just oh. feel like so it's a, so it's it's it leans in the dramedy category yes but more dramedy than comedy it it just it has its mo. It it depends. Like the Selena stuff is mostly pretty heavy. Like everything Selena Gomez is involved with is basically heavy. At the but Martin and Steve are like the comedic relief, and they do a really good job of just they're just having fun. And you can tell that they're friends, and that this right. actually is a good relationship. But it just depends on who's on the screen at the present time. But I'm trying to think who would. That's tough, man. I. This is tough. You. I, have I stumped the host? 
Hmm. It's like a blend between Arrested Development and True Detective. Oh, God. Yeah, I might just start that today. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the mystery is legit. And the whole yeah. season, you're really like, I have no idea where this is going. Right, right, right. And you meet new people based on the mystery and where it's going. I would say, yeah, yeah it's probably like a blend between that and uh, Arrested oh, Development. God. I, I love Arrested Development. Yeah. And I love True Detective. True Detective Season 3, very slept on. Very, yeah. very slept on. People talk about one. Which is the three, best and maybe the one of the best seasons of television three ever. Three does, was great. Even like two wasn't bad, but the thing about... It was okay. The, the worst thing about two, it had to follow. Like right. It, if you it, called it, it something else, I think it's fine. Like if that was a show, I maintain if you called it something else and it wasn't under the True Detective umbrella, people were like, oh, that was, that was good. It's the... I like to call it, and I came up with this this week, so um, mm. trademark, copyright, blah, 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 all that. Uh, the Bear Bryant theory. Oh, you don't want to be the guy to follow Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. You want to be the guy after the guy. So they were like, "Well, like, what if we just put four or five stars on this one?" And you're just like, "No, that's not how this is going to work. You can't just throw yeah, a bunch of just, stars at yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I will say, love Colin Farrell though. One of my favorite all-time actors. Oh, Colin Farrell is fantastic. He's great. No, in Bruges, one of my all-time favorites. I, mean, oh, I, just, I haven't seen that in a minute. It's a great movie. Look at us being all classy. Yes. Andrew Hammond, thank you as always. Uh, follow us, Aham Free Press on Twitter, Chase underscore Thomas. Uh, of course, if you like today's episode, guess what? You can get new sports content every single day here on the Chase Thomas Podcast day. on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, read me, sportsrenaissancepan.substack.com. Uh, all kinds of written content, Friday Night Lights coverage. That's back in full bloom. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's good stuff, man. Thanks, man. It's a lot of fun. I, I love being on the sidelines and I love just. Friday Night Lights, it's it's my jam. No matter how old I get, they're just the like last uh, on Friday. It was a game went, winner at the uh, last play in the end zone. I'm just right there. It's just it's fun to see like in person and just to be like right there. And it's just it, how much it still matters to a lot of those kids and communities and just everybody coming out. It's it's that's so what, good. That's what we missed during the pandemic. Yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, there you go, uh, Andrew Hammond. I greatly appreciate it. As always, uh, email us if you want to get in touch with any of the hosts, Andrew, myself, or Bob, Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, like and subscribe on youtube.com slash Podcast. All right. The episode's tomorrow. Andrew, thank you as always, my friend. You have a great rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you very soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.